Hey guys, this is Josh Peak. Welcome to the Josh Peak Show, where I'm your host. Uh, we interview entrepreneurs, top uh, performers in their uh, specific industries, and experts as well. And then every once in a while, we'll interview a politician. Um, so you can find more of my podcast at joshpeak.com. Uh, make sure that you on iTunes, uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave me a good review, a five star, uh, and please subscribe. Well, today I'm interviewing Carrie McDonald, and uh, this is a really, really good podcast. Um, she is, you know, for educational choice, which uh, we're starting to see more and more of, and I think it's a great thing. We homeschool uh, as well, and so. I'm all for education uh, choice. Uh, I think it's great for the market, and it gives uh, the kids a better product. And so Carrie is a senior education fellow at FEE, uh, adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. She's a contributing writer at Forbes. Uh, she is going to explain uh, a little bit about the, um, the controversy that's going on right now between uh, uh, an article uh, from a um, you know, an academic from Harvard uh, going against uh, homeschooling. And this person just took a wrath of fire back. It was a bad move from her. And so, <clears throat> uh, so Carrie talks about that. And the more I got to know Carrie, you know, the more I realized that when you talk to experts in their field, uh, say if it's a coach in wrestling and they're specialized, they know what they're talking about if they're really good. Uh, if it's someone who is strength and conditioning and they're really, really good and they have some of the top performers, they know what they're doing. Carrie knows what she's doing in the space of education choice, homeschooling, unschooling, and a variety of other uh, topics that go along with that. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. I believe it's really informational. It's great. Uh, we, we recorded this on Zoom, so the quality is... Is, is decent, but in certain areas it kind of lags. <clears throat> I think everybody's using Zoom right now, so maybe that's part of the, the thing. But uh, anyways, you're going to enjoy this. Again, if uh, you can find me on iTunes, please give me a good review, five-star, subscribe, leave me a yeah, leave me a review. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Josh Peak, Instagram, at Josh Peak. You can also find me on Facebook, just type in Josh Peak. And then uh, my website is joshpeak.com. So I appreciate it, and you're really going to enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Josh Peak Show. Hey, everybody. This is Josh Peak. Welcome to the Josh Peak Show, where I interview entrepreneurs. Um, and homeschoolers as well as even politicians from time to time. Uh, today I have Carrie McDonald uh, from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, she's a senior fellow at FEE, adjunct scholar at Cato Institute, uh, author of Unschooled, and writer at Forbes. Carrie, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, Josh. Well, cool. So what's going on? I mean, I just want to you know, have a conversation about, obviously, this we homeschool as well. And in Oklahoma, it's it's a little bit more. We're probably one of the best states to homeschool in. Um, it's it's a very conservative state, but very few. It's very unregulated, I would say. So we don't have necessarily the rules that everybody else has. But with that, 
sometimes they're slow to move on certain things uh, when it when it comes to you know progressing homeschool. So there was a Harvard article just here recently about I guess it was a it was a professor right um, that was you know voicing their opinion against uh, how homeschooling should it seems like should be abolished. Is that right? That's right. So in the most recent issue of Harvard Magazine, uh, the May June 2020 issue, there's an article entitled The Risks of Homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And it really is an interview with Harvard Law, longtime Harvard Law School professor Elizabeth Bartholet, uh, who recently published a long article in the Arizona Law Review calling for a presumptive ban on homeschooling. Um, and so the Harvard Magazine article is really just a, a brief summary of what is an 80-page law review article. Um, and when you read the, the law review article in particular, you see that homeschooling is really the straw man, I think, in what is a much greater attack on uh, individual freedom, uh, parental rights, and, and constitutional liberty more broadly. I mean, she says in the law review article, uh, the Constitution is, quote, outdated and inadequate, um, and really looking at uh, taking issue with the Constitution's focus on negative rights, that individuals are free from government intervention and free to live our lives as we choose, and instead she advocates for uh, a change in interpretation of the Constitution to be positive rights, where the state grants you rights and has a much more interventionist role in individual life. So, you know, I think homeschooling is um, is the, the the subject that she's tackling, but it's a much broader attack on uh, again individual freedom and and uh, and liberty. Yeah, it's an interesting timing too, though, because now with the COVID uh, virus. Um, you know, it's, it's funny to read some, some, you know, if you're reading tweets or social media, you know, people say, well, we're, you know, it's, it's almost as if people that aren't homeschooling their, their public school or private school um, folks that they're like, well, what we're doing is not really homeschooling. Uh, we're, we're just, you know, we're just, they're, they're distancing themselves from the homeschooling, um, you know, idea, but really that's what they are doing. And it seems to me like we're seeing more and more people. I think we're going to see more and more people once they they've experienced homeschooling um and, and and really how they can control the the environment i think you're going to see more people uh, stay with homeschooling i don't know how big of a percent but i think you're going to see more people homeschooling come the fall you know than rather yeah. go back to uh, to the to the homes or to the regular public and private schooling um i'm for you know i'm, I'm extremely for for homeschooling but this i i couldn't believe when i re when i read the article um how bold she was about, I mean, like you're saying, it, it, homeschooling is probably the straw man. What it really is, is that <laughs> it's almost attack on, on our liberties. It is, and it's this um, belief that somehow uh, public schooling, government schooling is superior to any other kind of education, in particular to parent-led education at home. Um, and I think that is a challenge that's, you know, worth uh, we homeschoolers taking on because, um, you know, if you look at the track record of public schools, it's, it's not uh, performing very well. You know, you have uh, low proficiency rates, um, you have, uh, you know, poor outcomes. You have, for example, a University of Pennsylvania study in 2017 find, finding that only 37% of American adults can name one right 
protected by the First Amendment. Um, so, you know, clearly there's, there's um, a lot to be um, improved in public schooling, not to mention the fact that you have widespread physical abuse and sexual abuse uh, against children from teachers and administrators. Um, it's a Department of Education study in 2004 that found that one out of 10 students would be sexually abused by a public school teacher by the time they graduate high school. Um, of course, you have rampant bullying uh, and peer abuse, which is one of the reasons why many families decide to remove their children from school for homeschooling. And so to, to hold up um, government schooling and government regulation of education as the gold standard uh, is really problematic, particularly where, again, many homeschoolers um, uh, or those who choose private education more broadly are, you know, seeking a different approach. So do you see it, um, do you see it growing um, in, in a, I mean, not, not because of COVID, I mean, like I said, it was interesting timing, but do you see the growth in homeschooling? Do you see it I wouldn't say hockey stick curving, but do you see a, a um, do you see it trending upwards? I guess do you see more and more right. folks moving to parent-led uh, schooling or homeschooling. Right, and you're right that of course what we're what we're all doing now um, with over one billion students around the world not in school due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, this is not what we would consider authentic homeschooling. You know, we're all isolated from our community. We're all disconnected from the people, places, and things of our neighborhoods. Uh, so, you know, it's nothing like what we would think of as real homeschooling, but I do think it provides a glimpse for a lot of families into what learning without schooling could be like, particularly in cases where families are able to disconnect um, to a greater extent from curriculum directives or school assignments. Uh, that may be coming home. I think that they'll start to see that there's a, an abundance, particularly now, of free virtual learning resources for their children. There's just so much to learn and, and to discover during this time at home, uh, again, to the extent that families are able to separate from schooled expectations. I think we will see an uptick in, uh, in homeschooling once this is all over. Currently, there are nearly 2 million homeschoolers in the US, about 3.5% of the overall K-12 population, similar to uh, or just under kind of charter school enrollment figures. And I think we will see an uptick, particularly in families who may have been curious about homeschooling in the past, but sort of lacked the inertia to give it a try. And this time at home is really that catalyst for them to try something new. And maybe they've discovered that, again, even though this is far from ideal for all of us and is stressful for all of us, uh, that their children are thriving, that maybe they're much calmer, much happier. Maybe their uh, enthusiasm for learning and discovery has been rekindled. Maybe they love reading again. Uh, maybe they're writing stories that are meaningful to them. And I think parents are spotting this and may decide to take the leap post-pandemic. I think there's some evidence also that to back this up. Ed Choice just recently published uh, a survey results uh, looking at families' um, experiences during the pandemic, and they found that more than half of the respondents have a more favorable view of homeschooling uh, as a result of the pandemic. So, uh, you know, that is interesting to me because, again, if you think that this uh, type of homeschooling is is uh, valuable and you think that, that you have a more favorable view of homeschooling given what we're all experiencing right now, just wait till you see the real thing, uh, which would be, again, much more fulfilling when we're able to really take advantage of all of these community resources. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
the foundation for economic education. Um, explain, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Um, you're, you're working with them and that's, that's where I found your article. You know, actually where I found you was uh, through Corey DeAngelis. I mean, that's when it started. I started seeing it going crazy across Twitter. I mean, he's a very, he's a huge advocate of economic or of educational choice. And then uh, I saw your article come out uh, and it was phenomenal. I mean, you did a great job on that. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm a senior education fellow at FEE, the Foundation for Economic Education, which is uh, the oldest free market think tank in the country, uh, founded in 1946, dedicated to the ideas of individual freedom, limited government, uh, prosperity through free markets and peace. And uh, I wrote an article in the response to this Harvard Magazine article. I'm a Harvard alum and, and a homeschooling mom. And I wrote a letter to the editor uh, of Harvard Magazine um, expressing my shock and disappointment to what is really a one-sided article uh, and one-sided perspective on homeschooling. And I submitted that uh, over email to the letter to the editor of Harvard Magazine and then republished on fee.org's site um, soon after the Harvard article came out. And that uh, you know, I think was met positively by a lot of people who felt like this was um, a real unfair attack against homeschooling. I mean, the article, and then again, this uh, much longer Arizona Law Review article that the professor wrote, um, really uh, paints a caricature of homeschooling that is nothing like 21st century homeschooling. Um, Homeschoolers today are really much more reflective of American society more broadly. Um, in the article, in both articles uh, by the law school professor, she says, for example, up to 90% of today's homeschoolers are um, Christian. And I have two responses to that. One is, um, so what if that were true? Why would mm -hmm. that be a reason to um, call for greater regulation or banning homeschooling? But the reality is that's not true. About two thirds of today's homeschoolers are uh, identify as Christian, which is reflective of the American population more generally, where two thirds of Americans today uh, identify as Christian. Even still, uh, even those families who would indicate that they were religious, religion is not the primary motivator for parents choosing to homeschool. So the latest federal data out of the, U the US Department of Education finds that religion is not the top motivator for families, even if they are religious, that the number one motivator for families choosing homeschooling today is concern about the environment of other schools, including safety, uh, drugs, and negative peer pressure. So again, it's parents that are opting out of a state-run system of education, finding it not to be safe for their children, finding that, that it's not um, a good learning environment for their kids and are choosing something different. So there were just so many mischaracterizations um, of homeschooling, really just this stereotype of homeschooling um, that is far from the reality. Um, and again, uh, you see that in the past decade, the most growth, for example, in the homeschooling population uh, has been with urban secular families who are rejecting kind of standardized test-driven schooling and want a more personalized approach to education. You find that the number of black homeschoolers doubled between 2007 and, two, and 2012 to 8% of the overall homeschooling population. And uh, Hispanics represent 25% 
of the overall homeschooling population in the U.S., which is equivalent to the Hispanic representation in the school-age population currently in the U.S. Wow, that's good. <clears throat> Those are some good statistics. You did a really good job in the article. I, mean, I think when she first started it off, when she was talking about that was part of what I think she was, she was using as an, I almost as an excuse in my mind is the abuse going on, protecting against abuse going on with, with families. My deal is, well, like you, you stated, that's, that's going on in public schools, that's going on in private schools. So it really doesn't hold a whole lot of water. That's the reason a lot of people are, are homeschooling is to get their kids away from that, that abuse she talks about. Um, so that, that was a, I thought you handled that really well. Uh, in, in your in your piece, um, so but there you know there's other people that are homeschooling for other reasons. I mean, for example, uh, and I think people will talk about this a lot. Well, you see elite athletes that are homeschooling because it's almost as if, and I've heard this from a lot of people that you know public schooling almost takes away you know from the ability to be able to become an elite athlete if that's what you want to do. And, and then and then you have people turning that back. You have public school advocates turning that back around saying, well, athletics aren't everything, but that's a huge focus in public schooling is athletics, right? So the, the argument, and I'm not, look, here's the deal. <clears throat> I graduated from a public school uh, and a public university. So I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not trying to shred them. I'm not trying to, um, I'm not anti, it's just a, it's a path that we took to homeschool, almost unschool, as if you would, I mean, as you know, what you would, uh, you know, uh, say, but for us, it's been great, you know, for our kids. And so I'm not here trying to trash home, you know, public schooling, but I think there, there's obviously a monetary issue. I mean, I think when, when you see, you know, public schools, they're the, the, the budget crisis that they're having, especially here in Oklahoma. Um, and they're just, I think they're just trying to protect a, you know, a system that's always been, and there's new innovation, there's all kinds of innovation going on uh, in the, in the homeschooling and, and charter schooling arenas. It's, it's going to be hard for them to keep up. Uh, one of the biggest, okay. yeah, one of the biggest things we have here in, or in Oklahoma is a, is a charter school uh, named Epic. And every other day, it seems like the Tulsa world is just, is hammering them. And, uh, and really what it's, what it's boiled down to is uh, Epic has done a really good job of innovation. Uh, and public schools are, they're almost moving that direction. Like, okay, well then fine. Well, to, to combat that, we'll have our own online version of our school, but it's public schooling, same curriculum. Um, I think they're hurting in the, in the way of innovation maybe. Right. I mean, I think again, I'll go back to why I think that homeschooling is really just the straw man and in what is a much larger attack on, um, on families and on educational freedom and on individual liberty. Um, I think in this case, you know, in uh, Bartholet's Harvard Magazine interview and in her Arizona Law Review article, she, you know, makes the case that we sort of need this common identity, that we need everybody to be, um, you know, going to public schools so they learn these particular democratic values and civic values that you realize upon reading particularly the Arizona Law Review article are very much tied to what her beliefs are in terms of what those democratic values are. I mean, you know, one of the things she says in the Harvard Magazine article is that the reason that we need a presumptive ban, for example, on homeschooling is because we need to fight against authoritarian control 
of parents over children. Of course, what is more authoritarian than banning homeschooling? And she also talks about, you know, the reason that we need to ban homeschooling is to make sure that young people grow up with tolerance of other people's viewpoints. And again, is showing such intolerance toward people who think differently from her, or choose to live and learn differently than she would think is appropriate. So um, it's really just an attack again on, um, on people choosing to think differently, to live differently, and to have their children learn differently. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I and I, I love it, uh, especially, you know, I, I, I did my research, obviously, you're the author of this book, Unschooling. Um, Kind of, can you talk a little bit about the differences between unschooling and homeschooling? I think what Jesse and I do is more unschooling. Right. Uh, so, but yeah. Yeah. So the book is called Unschooled Raising Curious, Well Educated Children Outside mm -hmm. the Conventional Classroom. I published it last spring. It's had resurging uh, interest this spring, again, as, as so many of us are, are home with our children and trying to find our way. Um, and, you know, the, the term unschooling was actually coined in 1977 at the very beginning of really the modern homeschooling movement. It was coined by author and educator John Holt. And uh, at the time, interestingly, you know, homeschooling emerged as part of the countercultural left uh, in the late 1970s. And then it was expanded during the 1980s and 1990s um, through religious conservatives and now is much more of sort of this um, ideologically diverse group of families. Um, but John Holt coined the term unschooling in 1977 to mean taking children out of school. And at the time, homeschooling was illegal in many states or it was not legally recognized. In other words, it was sort of fuzzy um, in terms of what parents' rights were to educate their children at home. And so John Holt and others were really instrumental in helping to um, provide legal protection for families and secure families' rights to home educate. Um, and that happened by 1993, homeschooling became legally recognized in all 50 states. The term unschooling, I think, has really evolved over those past four decades uh, to be now more of an, an educational approach that values self-directed learning and individual um, interests and autonomy. Uh, and so really would sort of reject this idea of school at home homeschooling. So if you're, if you're simply changing the location of school to home, which of course is what's happening now for many people dealing with the pandemic, um, you know, that's just school at home. And unschooling would say, you know, try to disconnect from these schooled expectations from this kind of top down one size fits all curriculum and instead recognize that young children have an exuberance for learning. They are naturally curious. They are constantly asking questions, much to the, um, much to the frustration probably now of parents that are trying to work at home and have to contend with these curious young children. Um, but that curiosity continues into um, later childhood and adolescence if we allow children uh, to pursue their own interests and to learn without the coercion that's inherent in so much conventional schooling. That is interesting. That it, that 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 is the argument. I think when I was talking about the very beginning, is that a lot of parents are saying, you know, that that may I don't know if they're against homeschooling, but they definitely don't want the the label. And so they're well, we're not really homeschooling. What we're doing is we're just using the education, the same curriculum as a school, and we're just doing it from home and 
And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, like you said, I mean, uh, I think kids are asking, I, I don't think the one size fits all works. And I think that is showing, I guess the next logical move would be, I mean, my kids all train uh, nationally and one of my kids, he wrestles internationally. So it's allowed us, I mean, he wouldn't have been able to have these opportunities if we wouldn't have homeschooled number one. But then the next question is, is was, was he going to wrestle in college? Um, and I'm like, I don't know. Like if he's, if that's the route we want to take really, I mean, we're entrepreneurs in our, in our family. And so I didn't become an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur before I ever went to college. I just fell into that. Well, you need a college degree type situation. And then I realized I didn't learn. I learned more out of college than I ever did in college, but I got my degree. So I got it. Uh, but so I guess that leads into my next question. Um, there is now it's, it's, it's spread pretty fast across the United States is the Tebow bill, mm. which is Tim Tebow. Uh, you know, they weren't going to, I guess they weren't really going to let him play athletics in the state of Florida. He went through the process. His family went through the process of uh, basically getting it where it was legal. They call it the Tim Tebow bill or law and to where he is in his own district, but he can play football for um, the district he lives in and still homeschool. And that's passed in 30 some states, 30 plus states in Oklahoma. It was brought to, it was brought to the house, uh, never made it into a committee because of a big homeschooling group here in Oklahoma that said, we don't want the Tebow bill because we're afraid that that is a doorway for the state legislature, the state to tell us and dictate how we're going to school. So I understand both sides of it. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I would love for it to happen because it would allow my son to wrestle for a school, a district, right. And be able to, uh, to, he, he'd be able to have a chance to wrestle for a state championship. Um, and there's other people that have the argument of, well, why would you, you're, you're homeschooling. Why would you basically privately, <clears throat> why would you want to then go and use part of a public school then? Um, if you're, cause you're paying taxes, <laughs> cause I'm paying taxes. The other, the other side of that is, I see where the homeschooling group here in Oklahoma are concerned about that. But on the other side of things, if it's an opt-in type build where you opt in and you have to meet a certain criteria and maybe you do have to take some of the same things that a public school kid has to take. Um, well, if you, if you don't want it to be a part of that, then you just don't opt into that bill, right? You don't opt into that, um, that type of situation. You can continue to homeschool or unschool however you want. So I'm torn by it a little bit. Um, our other option is don't even wrestle, don't even go through the school and just go more international style and go more the Olympic route. Um, and obviously that's the ultimate goal anyway. Um, so, but it is an interesting thing in Oklahoma. You would think they would want it, but they, I mean, and I think a lot of families want it and a lot of people want it, but there's a, a huge contingent of people that do not want it uh, for that reason. Yeah, um, two things. First, just to go back to your uh, point about being entrepreneurs and the freedom that that provides for you, I'll just give one more statistic uh, from my unschooled book that um, a survey by Dr. Peter Gray at Boston College, who writes the foreword to my unschooled book, uh, he did a survey on grown unschoolers and found that more than half of the grown unschoolers in his survey were working as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, in fields that related to interests that emerged during their childhood and adolescence, um, and really the sense of kind of personal agency, creativity, 
individuality, those sorts of things we would find um, in homeschooling and in unschooling. And so I, I think that that's another uh, you know, interesting point to make around kind of the future outcomes of homeschoolers and unschoolers. As far as that Tim Tebow bills go, I mean, I think you're right that there there is a lot of debate, not only um, homeschoolers and then against school districts, but also even within homeschooling communities. Uh, West Virginia was the most recent state this spring to pass the Tim Tebow bill. And it does have all of these stipulations in terms of, um, the requirements of homeschooling families and the homeschooling, the participating uh, athletes um, do need to have, you know, higher scrutiny from the school district. I think your point is, well, as long as that's opt-in, uh, you know, families are choosing to have that greater oversight, then that's fine. I think homeschooling, uh, independent homeschoolers or homeschooling school, homeschoolers who are opposed to Tim Tebow bills would say, but that could potentially weaken our uh, educational freedom that it could open the door to more regulation of homeschooling families more broadly in that state, even if they weren't participating in a Tim Tebow bill. And that's something, you know, legitimate concern and something to be vigilant about. It also appears in larger discussions around education choice mechanisms and homeschoolers are divided on these things as well, particularly uh, education savings accounts or tax credit scholarship programs that allow a poor, and particularly with the case of education savings accounts, allowing a portion of your tax dollars to come back to you as a, as a family, to follow the child. And in the case of ESAs, using that money um, for a wide variety of educational expenses, including classes, lessons, private tutors, private coaches, books and materials, and so on. Um, again, there's concern there, rightfully, among homeschoolers that that could open the door to more uh, regulation of homeschooling um, families didn't opt into an ESA program. On the other, the, the flip side is that many more families would likely schooling if they had access to some of their tax dollars back, and if they were of the cost schooling or potentially lost income for a parent um, to go towards educational expenses. Yeah, yeah, that and that is a good debate. I mean, I. In a sense, I'm for that. I mean, I, I am for that money coming back and following the, the, the child. I mean, it, to me, there's a free enterprise component to that. Um, you know, I mean, here we are, we're, we're being taxed, but it's almost like a double taxation that we're taxed. We don't get to use that because we're not going to public schools, but then we still have to go and we buy our own curriculum. We buy our, you know, and so, I mean, there is a, and, and that's always been a debate, I think, in Oklahoma, but probably nationally is. And they start talking about vouchers as well. Well, who's that, who's that going to help? And it's going to, the rich are going to get rich and the poor are going to get poorer and this, that, and the other. I just think there's a movement happening to where at some point, and maybe we're early in this. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like you, you're saying, it's been happening, well, probably long before the 70s. Uh, but, you know, you almost feel like you're a, not a pioneer, but you're early in the stages of this. I think it's going to grow fast. Um, I don't know if, you know, we may not see the Tebow bill happen here in Oklahoma. Um, it has happened in 30 some states, but uh, it may not happen here. And like I said, there's, there's, a, there's a positive thing about having a very conservative state that, is, that is, has very little regulation on homeschooling. But then the negatives to that is, you know, they're like, look, that's why we have it, because we don't want something coming in um, that's going to possibly, you know, water down or open up something um, that, that, you know, hurts our cause. And so, 
here I am for the Tebow bill, but at the same time, I'm for, you know, less regulation. So, right. And in some ways, it also relates back to um, kind of our broader discussion around the Harvard Magazine article uh, and Professor Bartholet's attack on homeschooling, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, one of the arguments that she makes is that homeschoolers, again, completely false, that homeschoolers are isolated from their community. They're not participating uh, in, um, in what she would think of as sort of civic engagement. Uh, and again, the research shows just the opposite. In fact, um, Daniel Ham Hamlin out of the University of Oklahoma in the past year published a, a study on homeschoolers finding that they had much greater uh, cultural capital, as he called it, than schooled peers because they were out and about in their community, going to libraries, going to museums, going to uh, cultural events, sporting events, participating in, act in extracurricular activities. And that echoes earlier research that also finds that homeschoolers have more uh, involvement in extracurricular activities and volunteer opportunities and actually tend to be more open-minded and more tolerant than school peers as a result of that immersion in the community with all kinds of different community members. So this idea that homeschoolers are somehow isolated in their homes and not immersed in their community is simply false. Uh, and then I think, again, you could make an argument that the Tim Tebow bill um, would help to expand the those opportunities even further and allow uh, homeschoolers the chance to participate in athletics that are meaningful to them uh, and give them um, that opportunity. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I haven't read the article from um, from the man you, you mentioned from University of Oklahoma. I'm gonna have to find that. Um, the what's interesting too, I was I, I guess I saw this the other day on your feed that there is a so there's an event for at Harvard uh, or you know, that they're the, the folks who are opposed to it, they're opposed to homeschooling. Then there's a counter now event for people who are for the rights of homeschooling. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Right. So the event uh, at Harvard in June is an invitation only event led by uh, Professor Bartholet from the law school, as well as other opponents, academics, um, and critics of homeschooling from around the country. Uh, that's planned again as an invitation only event at Harvard. Um, and I think related to this uh, law review article that Bartholet published. So I think this was all linked to that. And my suspicion is that all of this um, was planned and prepared well before COVID-19 when we all became homeschoolers by default. I think, you know, again, if you look at sort of the editorial cue for all of this and the, and the conference planning, I'm sure that that predated um, the COVID-19 pandemic, but of course the timing is, um, is peculiar just given the fact that we are all now at home learning with children. Um, the counter event is this coming Friday, May 1st, that is organized by um, Kevin Soling, who is the award-winning documentary filmmaker of the documentary War on Kids. He's also written other um, other work like the student resistance handbook and other kinds of things to really um, push back against compulsory schooling and uh, you know, some of the, 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 da the danger and the harm that coercive schooling can, um, can inflict on, on young people. And he is affiliated with the Harvard Kennedy School. So through that affiliation and a student organization that he created called Ideological Diversity, he was able to put forward this counter conference. It's a virtual conference 
Friday, May 1st, uh, open to everybody, open to the public over Zoom. Um, I'll be presenting there, Kevin will be presenting there, Corey DeAngelis, who you mentioned, who's the director of school choice at the Reason Foundation, will be presenting Peter Gray, who I mentioned earlier is the Boston College psychology professor and unschooling advocate will be presenting, and Pat Ferenga, who has been a longtime homeschooling um, advocate and actually runs John Holt Associates. Um, again, Holt was one of those pioneers of the modern homeschooling movement. So I think it will be a, a good um, antidote to a lot of the criticism around homeschooling. And again, because it's open to the public, um, you know, doesn't have that sort of shade of secrecy uh, that the Harvard, upcoming Harvard event has. Well, cool. So do you think, um, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, as you're talking about, do you think we'll see more of the, I guess, the, the pushback against homeschooling and parents that are homeschooling from, from more of from the university level? Or do you think we're going to see it? Because you see other colleges that are embracing it, right? You see other colleges that, that, that want homeschoolers to, to come to their school. And then you have this, you know, this, uh, this article that we're talking about, you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the question. Do you think we're going to see more pushback coming from the, the, the college institutions or do you think it'll be coming more from a state and government level pushback? Well, a couple of things. First is in my, in my response, my letter to the editor of Harvard Magazine, I um, put a link to an article that the Harvard Gazette published in 2018. Uh, the Harvard Gazette is Harvard student newspaper, daily student newspaper. Um, that spotlighted three then current Harvard students who were homeschooled uh, their entire you know, childhood and adolescence and ended up at Harvard and credited homeschooling and particularly this sort of self-directed approach to homeschooling that was, um, you know, really focused on, on interests and, and pursuing individual um, goals that that was really the key to their success. And in fact, the article says that, you know, they, their curiosity for learning and their independence was really um, a result of their homeschooling experience. And there's been many homeschoolers uh, who have made it to Harvard and to other or uh, higher ed institutions and, and many alumni now who I think are pushing back against this Harvard Magazine um, article. I think it's worth noting a couple of things. One is that the trend in homeschooling in the U.S. has been toward deregulation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I'm optimistic that that will continue. I think we have to continue to be vigilant. We have to continue to push back against efforts to uh, limit homeschooling freedom, um, limit parental choice more broadly. I think even in Bartholet's Law Review article, she, um, she recognizes that this is unlikely, that um, presumptive bans on homeschooling uh, is unlikely given the, the trend in the U.S. toward um, more educational freedom. That's why, you know, she really pins this on reinterpreting the U.S. Constitution, on um, following many of the European countries and sort of international trends toward, um, toward uh, positive rights in terms of, of, of the state versus negative rights. Again, in the U.S., we have this presumption that we are free from government intervention, that the state exists to protect our rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And other countries have more of a positive rights perspective where the state grants rights and then uh, have much more interventionist role in people's lives. So she's really looking at it, um, I think, more philosophically, more 
um, as a reinterpretation of uh, of, of, uh, of you know sort of um, interpretation of the Constitution and and mm -hmm. how the courts might uh, might come down on some of this. But I, so I think overall, I'm I'm optimistic that this won't take hold. I think that. Uh, homeschoolers are very vocal, obviously, about our uh, protecting our own rights. But even beyond homeschooling, again, I think so many people realize that this is just an attack on uh, an unfounded attack on one particular group of people who choose to live and learn differently. And that that's really antithetical to kind of our American values, these civic values, for example, that Bartholet herself thinks that we should be upholding. Um, you know, we should be tolerant of diverse viewpoints, as she says, and of course, she's doing the exact opposite. Uh, so I think even folks that are not homeschoolers that, you know, would never choose homeschooling for themselves are sympathetic to this attack and will um, continue to uh, push for educational freedom and for homeschooling. I think, again, the fact that we see homeschooling having a more favorable um, perspective from others, even if they're, you know, new to this or haven't really thought much about homeschooling is a good sign. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see the expansion of, of homeschooling, and like you're saying, I mean, poor, you know, I think the the issue is, is I, I know that the folks that are anti. Okay, well, we can't stop it. So the 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 best way to do this is maybe to limit it. You know, um, and that's exactly what it sounds like. Well, I mean, and, and you did a great job responding back to it, even in the first paragraph. I think the point number one. Was that you did? You said I agree against you know the the abuse comment that it's happening. You know you're we're totally against abuse in any capacity, but then you go back in the state, you know. But look, it's happening in public schools as well, and and you know this, that, and the other. And so uh, I think you did a great job of rebutting uh, what what she was saying, and then not just you. I mean, every it, it, it seems like you know on Twitter and social media there have been it, it's just been this lit up. I mean, this right. absolutely got caught fire on right. on social media. I, I I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's worth clarifying that a little bit. One of uh, her main criticisms against homeschooling, and one of the arguments she makes for the presumptive ban, is this feeling that because homeschoolers are not in school, mm -hmm. um, that they could somehow be more vulnerable to abuse by right, parents right. or family members versus children who are enrolled in school because they have what are called mandated reporters who are required by law, teachers and school officials, uh, to report potential abuse to um, child protective services. So it's really this sort of uh, suspicion of homeschoolers that's not grounded in any evidence. In fact, um, some research shows that homeschooling children are less likely to be abused than children in public or private school. Sadly, tragically, uh, child abuse occurs everywhere in public and private schools and in homes, but there's no evidence to suggest that homeschoolers have more likelihood of abusing children, um, and in fact, some evidence to suggest just the opposite. So again, when we're looking at the fact that so many children are abused in public schools and in private schools, to single out a particular group uh, for suspicion, for increased monitoring, um, and for banning the practice is, is just foolish. It's just not grounded in any kind of evidence and really, um, you know, again, discriminates against this particular group and, and uh, focusing on non-discrimination is another key point of Bartholet's view of why young people should not be homeschooled as she feels like 
we should, you know, teach kids not to discriminate. And yet here she is doing that to homeschooling. Exactly. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today. I mean, we've been on for over 30 minutes and um, I just wanted your point of view. I've been reading everything that, that you've written and um, I, lo I love what you're doing. Uh, you and Corey both and, and others. Uh, I think this was, this was much needed. You know, I mean, the timing was interesting on why she came out with this, but um, I think, man, the pushback was strong, you know, and it was, it was, uh, it was much, of course I was, <laughs> I was retweeting it as well. You, you, your stuff inquiries and I love it. Um, so if say you have, I mean, where can people find you at like on, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, right. those, those, the social media places that, and, and for folks that are wanting or they're curious about wanting to start homeschooling. Right. Right. The best place to find me is at fee.org slash Carrie, K E R R Y. Uh, there you'll find links to my articles, to my book. You'll see all my social media accounts. Go ahead and send me an email. Uh, that's fee.org slash Carrie. Well, Carrie, thank you again for coming on. And um, I look forward to keeping up with you and talking to you soon. Oh, thanks again, Josh. Thank you.